If you hop on Twitter and type Sean Clancy, no E before the Y, you'll find hundreds of profiles. Some have Irish cultural references in their bio. Others have that random set of eight digits at the end of their Twitter handle, usually the mark of a bot account or a human who is either a social media virgin or prone to posting dumb stuff. If you take a closer look at their profile photos, you'll see a mix of mostly white male faces, cars, football scenes, and the default Twitter egg, a troll fave. Or in the case of at Clancy79, it's a flag emblem favored by alt-right freedom of speech fans, which depicts Pepe the Frog as a sad-looking snake who wants you to leave his memes alone. How precious. A brief scroll through this Clancy's account reveals nothing special. He appears to be American, to hate Democrats, and to have some interesting views on COVID-19 control. His follower numbers are respectable, but his posts get next to no retweets. That is, apart from a tweet, posted September 3rd, 2018. The post in question has over 44,000 likes and over 37,000 quotes. Embedded in this viral tweet is a 45-second video. The clip, which has racked up over 11 million views so far, consists of a single shot. A pair of white Nike trainers engulfed in flames on a burnt-out lawn. Now, why would a guy who, by his own admission, has been a loyal customer of the multi-billion dollar global sportswear brand for over 20 years proudly set fire to his favorite pair of sneakers? To answer that question, we need to rewind the clock two years prior to Friday, August 26, 2016. And we're going to find out why normal people started burning their own shoes and sportswear that they paid for. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subject of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Back in August 2016, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers were getting ready to play each other for a preseason NFL game in California. As was usual practice, the thousands of people, fans, 
players, team employees, in the packed 49er stadium were asked to stand for the national anthem. As everyone rose en masse, 49ers quarterback Colin Rand Kaepernick did not. For the third game in a row, he stayed sat on his team's bench in protest against the unfair treatment of black people in his country, especially by the police. Quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, Kaepernick said in a post-game interview. And he had a point. The needless murders of black men, women, and children, Tamir Rice, Tanisha Anderson, Philando Castile, by racist U.S. cops was becoming too frequent an occurrence to ignore. Not standing for the national anthem, as you can imagine, instantly divided public opinion, mainly the white public. Was it a selfless act of solidarity or just another ungrateful entertainer refusing to stay in his lane? Was Kaepernick disrespecting the millions of military men and women who risked their lives to make America the home of the free and the land of the brave? Or simply exercising his constitutional right? The NFL initially took a neutral stance, issuing a short statement after the incident to clarify that players were encouraged, but not required, to stand for the anthem. But as more Black players joined Kaepernick to sit out or take a knee during the anthem, game-viewing figures started to tank, and fan sentiment took a turn for the worst. And with around $4.6 billion in TV fees at stake, the league was starting to feel the heat. Kaepernick was also under pressure, suspecting the 49ers were planning to cut him loose. He opted out of his contract and became a free agent at the start of the 2017 season. And that's how he stayed for the whole season. No team would sign him. Not even a tryout. His response? More social activism and a lawsuit against the NFL for allegedly colluding to keep him off the field. The world was on. And at the center stood Nike. The $40 billion global sportswear brand had a sweet deal with the NFL, reportedly to the tune of $220 million per year, which put their swoosh logo on all player jersey and official clothing merch. Nike was also nearing the end of its endorsement deal with Kaepernick, who by now was a polarizing unsigned athlete whose name they couldn't put on a team jersey and who was beefing with a major corporate partner. Now, Nike the brand may be known for its bold, inspirational ad campaigns, often fronted by black sports players. But Nike Incorporated, the American Multinational Association, doesn't play when it comes to his paper. And backing Kaepernick and his crusade had all the markers of a terrible business move. According to a 2018 New York Times expose, Nike's sports marketing group was all set out to kick Kaepernick to the curb until the company's head of communications pointed out the very real risk of backlash from consumers especially from Nike's most desired audience, the young urban market, read left-leaning and black and brown folk. Wisdom would suggest that this group would be more sympathetic to Kaepernick's cause than the gripes of the NFL's largely old and white fan base. So Nike did what any innovative, world-leading corporate would do. It took a risk and kept Kaepernick on its roster, but in the shadows. Despite the athlete-turned-social activist's increasing popularity, he didn't feature in any Nike campaigns or on any products. However, 
With pressure mounting from Kaepernick's team and rivals Puma and Adidas starting to circle the star, Nike had to act, and soon. In summer 2018, the company was gearing up to celebrate 30 years of its iconic Just Do It slogan. And guess who the brand's trusted ad agency recommended to front the anniversary campaign? Yep, you've obviously guessed it. Colin ran Kaepernick. Perhaps it was the agency's argument that Kaepernick would add real value to the campaign. Or Nike's new 10-year contract with the NFL, which would see its branding removed from consumer merch. Whatever the reason, Nike said yes. A decision which secured the company a one-way ticket to cancel them and a whole lot of cash. More on that later. But let's jump back to 2018. It's Monday, September 3rd. 738 days after Kaepernick's benched bum set America's conscience and conservatives alight. At 8.20 p.m., Kaepernick posts a photo on his Twitter account. It's a black and white shot of him up close, his dark eyes piercing, his lips pursed as though ready to reveal some serious truths. Placed across his face are nine words. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. At the bottom of the photo, tucked beneath his manicured beard and Adam's apple, is Nike's swoosh and 30-year slogan. Races the world over went apeshit. There were the expected media reports and forum threads, picking apart Kaepernick's Korean politics and admonishing the sporting giant for being too woke. Detracting social media hashtags were also in full effect. Within four days, hashtag boycott Nike had accumulated over 710 million Twitter impressions. But were there other forces at play? Absolutely, says social media analysis firm Graphica, which blamed pro-Trump Russian bots for ballooning the negative sentiment against the brand. Backing up the firm's claim is a huge jump in the number of anti-Nike hashtagging Twitter accounts, which went from 8,000 to over 80,000 in the campaign's first 18 hours. Very fishy. Much more surprising and entertaining was the social media content coming from former Nike loyalists. Actual adults, like our dear friend S. Clancy79, were posting photos and videos of them destroying Nike goods that they, or someone they know, had already paid for in the name of corporate cancellation. The more pyromaniacal among them even came up with a witty hashtag, just burn it. <laughs> That'll learn them. <sighs> the ever-insightful Donald Trump, who inhabited the White House at the time, also weighed into the debate, declaring Nike dead following the right-wing outrage. On the other side, in the hashtag IamWithCap camp, stood celebs like sporting goats Serena Williams and LeBron James, who both featured in Nike's anniversary campaign. Despite the tension, the man of the hour had much to celebrate. Not only was he the face of a global campaign for the biggest apparel brand, he also managed to renegotiate a killer multi-year deal with said brand, despite not playing for a team. Now, if I was the NFL, I would have been boiling with rage. My ex-bay and my current bay together? <laughs> nah, I'm not having it. Of course, the league had a bit more sense and a lot more to lose. So when Nike went low, it went high-ish. 
A day after the campaign landed, the NFL's public affairs VP issued a very vanilla statement commending Colin for raising social justice issues which, quote, deserve our attention and action, end quote. No mention of Nike at all. L-O-L. Nike initially matched the league's energy, offering no comment when asked by USA Today Sports if it had given the NFL a heads up about their choice of campaign frontman. But Subtle Shade was just a written statement away. Quote, Nike has a long-standing relationship with the NFL and works extensively with the league on all campaigns that use current NFL players and its marks, wrote a Nike rep. Quote, Colin isn't currently employed by an NFL team and has no contractual obligation to the NFL. End quote. Alexis, play Miley was good. <laughs> Plenty if you're a Nike exec or shareholder. Turns out Trump was wrong. Shock horror. Consumerism plus social activism can equal success. Here's how Nike fared. The company's share price closed at an all-time high, 10 days after the campaign launched. Swoosh. Product sales went up 31%, with consumers in Kaepernick's old stomping ground, San Francisco, leading the charge. Swoosh. A $6 billion increase in brand value. Swoosh. $163 million worth of free word-of-mouth promotion. Swoosh. 170,000 new Instagram followers. Swoosh. In fact, at the time, Kaepernick's ad became the second most liked post on Nike's official account. Swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. So Nike had done the unthinkable. It had won the hearts and dollars of its dream consumers while backing an industry troublemaker and securing their seat on the right side of history. Or did they? Critics have pointed out that when it comes to treating marginalized communities fairly, Nike's hands are pretty dirty. In recent years, the brand has been accused of exploiting Vietnamese factory workers, most of them female, penalizing pregnant female athletes like U.S. Olympic gold medalist Allison Felix, turning a blind eye to its sexist workplace culture, and opting to run a diversity-themed ad campaign despite objections from Black workers who urged the company to address its internal race issues. Does that sound like the hallmark of a progressive, people-first brand committed to eradicating systemic oppression? Nike has also been accused of commodifying social, specifically Black, activism. In a fiery opinion piece for the Berkeley Political Review, Jasmine Munoz wrote, quote, At the expense of Kaepernick's ideology, Nike is exploiting Kaepernick and misleading consumers into tying very meaningful human experiences of oppression to mere products. Kaepernick, in a twisted way, is now the product, end quote. And as we know, nothing gets eyes on content and have done smartly, coins and pockets, like black outrage. Ask Pepsi, Gucci, H&M, Dove, and Nivea. Three years on from the controversial campaign and Nike is still reaping the benefits. In September 2020, the company released the Kaepernick Icon 2.0 jersey, a limited edition, all-black top with Kaepernick's name and old team number. Missing from the $150 jersey was a team mascot and the NFL logo as Kaepernick remains a free agent. The top sold out in one minute. Yes, you heard me right. 
60 seconds. It beat the 10 hours it took for the first edition of the jersey to sell out in 2019. That same year, Nike also took home the Outstanding Commercial Prize at the Creative Arts Emmy Awards after a 17-year drought. Swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. <laughs> However, when you're the world's biggest sports brand, cancer-worthy controversy is never far. In 2019, Nike was in trouble again after it pulled a special edition 4th of July sneaker featuring a slavery-era version of the U.S. flag from shelves. Again, Kaepernick got the blame. He is reported to have raised concerns about the racist design to Nike execs. Q calls for cancellation from the right and another catchy boycott hashtag, walk away from Nike. In 2021, the global brand faced the wrath of Chinese consumers after expressing concerns about the reported use of Uyghur Muslim forced labor to produce cotton. China denies the allegations and calls for a Nike boycott filled Chinese social media timelines. Hashtag I support XJ Cotton has over 3 million likes and counting. Such is the rage that some people took to communicating their displeasure through the medium of flaming footwear footage. That's right, people are burning their Nike goods in China too. <laughs> S. Clancy 79 would be proud. This episode of Cancelled was written by Anique Simpson. This is a Broccoli Production. <laughs>